0: Oh my god. hey, uh... Okay. Oh my oh. Hey. Jo- jo- uh, jo- jo- Jarvis, Jarvis, you're yeah, Jarvis, right?
1: That's me, what the fuck are you doing in my house? My name is Javaris Johansson. I'm that's your a great, jo- gotta great be a bit. Great, right? great, great grandson. What? I'm
0: here to tell you, oh my god. Ooh. I'm here from the future. To tell you that you need to open Twitter DMs so that listeners of the Sad Boys podcast can contact the show to talk about whatever they want. Whether it's a topic of interest to them, something they want us to talk about, or maybe even just like the homework that we set for that week.
1: Yeah, Uh I, I turned on Twitter DMs last week, man. The, huh? They've been on since last week.
0: So the, so if, if, say, like a fan wanted to... Right in with a question or, or a topic they wanted to talk about. They could just do that right now.
1: Yeah, we've already had a few people write in.
0: I, oh, um, so the... Wait, you're from the future? Yeah, it cost a, <laughs> cost a lot of money and lives to get me here. I um, have so many questions. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I don't want to get into it right now. I'm kind of in the dumps, actually. Um, so one of the trade-offs was that I would dissolve after about 45 cents. <laughs> wait, no,
1: please. Am I going to be alone forever? welcome to sad boys a podcast about feelings and other things also i'm jarvis and i'm jordan and i'm your biggest fan yes wow what an appropriate i
0: i'm I'm so oh my god this is so awkward i was actually talking to lauren
1: oh hi yeah hello we
2: are my biggest fan
1: (laughs) (sighs) today we are joined by the wonderful lauren chippen
0: to discuss Fandom.
2: Yes, very excited about this.
0: Now, would you be down to basically run the episode today?
2: Oh God, um, I don't th- know that I can live up to the expectation that well, Sad Boys has set.
0: We're a little sleepy. We've flown from SF to LA, so we've all got jet lag for Sure, reasons.
2: yeah,
1: that's a major time zone shift. And we're just looking for like an opportunity to not do work and instead put that on someone else. Yeah.
2: Okay, I can try and do this. Okay. Um, so Jarvis, uh, yes. how was your week?
1: So bad. Wow. Just not yeah, good. didn't get it. What, what do you like, think? Do it. <laughs> okay. What do you think? We just ask these contrived questions every episode. We have episode?
0: a clearly structured show <laughs> that flows seamlessly from segment to segment and does not deviate into weird rambling. Okay. You've know, a- never
2: listened, so I wouldn't know. I would yeah. recommend it. <laughs>
0: Lauren joined us on a previous episode I did? where we talked about social anxiety, mm-hmm. a topic you were surprisingly <laughs> very eloquent about, <laughs> if you can believe it. Um,
2: <laughs> it's because I was just playing dead the whole time.
1: <laughs> that was actually an episode that we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. A lot of people okay. writing in and talking about um, how it made them feel less alone.
2: Yeah. I love that.
1: Uh, and so we thought we might mine you today, Lauren, for something that you are also very knowledgeable about. In Being a,
0: a dork. Yeah. Being, Being a, a big huge dork. Nerd.
2: Uh, how do you?
1: How do you get... To that nerd
0: town What did we call Your apartment Last time we were here
2: I believe it was a Love letter to fandom I think so yeah. A love
0: letter to fandom Yes We are currently Surrounded on all sides <laughs> by, by, by fandom By
2: <sighs> Yes I, We are looking at Four Harry Potter prints There's a lot of Harry Potter stuff There's A bunch of Peach Wodehouse quotes On the wall There's Yeah A bunch of fan art Of my own podcast Which, which is, is hugely narcissistic which But I love drew. it <laughs> yeah. which is
1: That was the most Narcissistic part And And uh you uh, just inserted yourself as all of the characters. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, that was a pretty weird. It's a weird family Thanksgiving dinner situation <laughs> yeah. where you're all the faces. Dozens of Lauren. For anybody terrifying.
0: foolish enough to not know who you are? Yes, I What is the show we're talking about? What do you do? What, do, what, is, what are you?
1: What
2: am I? Um, I am a human person. Um, okay. Last I checked. So you know, you never know. Um, I make a podcast called The Bright Sessions, which <laughs> which uh, is a science fiction audio drama about people with supernatural abilities in therapy. And so it is, Tight. yeah, it's people having feelings and um, struggling with things like telepathy and time travel. And as we all have. It's, yeah, exactly. it's very
1: relatable because I am a person who goes to therapy and I don't have any superpowers. Yeah. Yep. So there's a form of escapism there, but also a form <laughs> of uh, relatability.
0: Do you think yeah. you could broach that topic? like you walk in you see your therapist and you're like okay so this is gonna sound nuts
1: (laughs) you start delivering the first episode script (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. I keep traveling Traveling in time time. it's really weird weirdest thing and then you can gauge whether or not they're a fan of the podcast right
2: (laughs) well it's so funny because I obviously like do talk to my therapist about the podcast a lot because it's a it's my entire life, essentially, the source of a lot of my anxiety and she's, a lot of she's my joy. Sick of it. <laughs> well, and she's—it's so funny because it's like she's been with me pretty much since the since the beginning, right. and so she's sort of seen the show grow, and you know, and, and as all of these various things have come, and she said to me like a couple months ago, she was like, "I want to listen because it sounds like you know it's doing really well, and it's you know people like it." But she's like, "I don't know if it's ethical for me to listen." Oh, she yeah. feels
0: conflicted about that.
2: Yeah, so she hasn't listened.
0: I have a story about this. That's like such a good excuse to not listen to your shitty show? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, me too. Oh, God. I know I I want to, but like epically... You're a guest (laughs) on my
3: show. (laughs) I don't know if it would
1: be a firm for you. Yeah. No, I have recently like had a so for the past year I've been seeing the same therapist so that's going to change because they're a student uh and so they're moving on they're like graduating and going to do a thing but part of the reason of me getting into it was like oh this person's pretty far along on their studies and all of my issues are going to be reviewed by Mm -hmm. multiple people. Like I would love a team of uh, mental health experts telling me, uh, giving me advice. Um, But my uh, therapist has also seen like my sort of me talking about how I'm spending all this time doing this stuff, but then it's like not really popping off the way I want and how it's like come to, you know, going to like more and how recently things have been picking up a little bit more. And But differently She's been like Would it be okay with you If I like Actually like Listen to your podcast
2: Mm.
3: And
1: that was interesting interesting. I don't She never I never followed up on it I don't Hmm. want to I don't want to know But uh, Right
2: Well because I feel like For Sad Boys It is you guys Talking about your thoughts And feelings about things Yes And so She's jealous. On the one, yeah, she's jealous. She's like, this she's jealous. Is my job. I'm getting
0: all the good dish. Who's yeah.
2: <laughs> this is Jordan guy? This is exclusive this is content.
0: Dad. Jordan's so good at this. But it is one
2: of those things where it's like, that's probably stuff that your therapist is maybe aware of or right. you would talk mm. to them about. Yeah, versus, yeah, yeah. I think that there is a lot of stuff in the Bright Sessions that comes from my own struggles with mental health and and things in my life but there's also a lot of it that's just pure fabrication and i don't want (laughs) to my therapist listening to and then being like so what was that about are you okay like no that was just pure fiction that's
0: tough yeah yeah did you have an experience with therapy prior to starting the show
2: um not really actually Hmm. um so well so my sister is a psychologist and so i've i've um I had a lot of conversations with her and read a lot of things about psychology as sort of a, you know, an academic pursuit, I guess. Right, right. Um, and I had probably in my life been to maybe like seven or eight therapy sessions over the course of my life. Mm. Um, but not yours.
0: Ones you just kind of barged just, into. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I just barged in. <laughs> you I'm were looking
0: like, for inspiration. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but then, actually, doing the show, I, 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 after the first season, the first nine episodes, um, were were written and recorded I sort of had the realization that I should give it a whirl
0: (laughs) and that I should actually
2: like practice what I what I preach so I ended up finding this therapist and that's I've now been there for two years. Did attending
0: therapy impact the way you wrote Dr. Bright or Um, I guess the the situation? A little bit
2: yeah well what was particularly weird is because my sister has reviewed a lot of the scripts and has told me about how to Write therapy right therapy well sometimes I'll be in like I went to my first therapy session with my therapist that I have now and she literally it's a part of like a larger um like teaching institute and so they actually do record all of their sessions yeah, yeah and yeah. there's a clock that is on her wall that like ticks and i sort of walked in that space and i was like oh this feels like i've walked into my own show <laughs> that's really funny and there have been things that we've done that i will appear in the podcast and then we'll do them in therapy and it's affirming because it's like right. okay like you know I, I was on the right track but that's coming more from my sister and just her um professional expertise rather than
1: like
0: my right right experience. right cool yeah that's cool patron only content right here here.
3: (laughs) so
1: um the so today we're talking about fandom and the reason uh that that is the topic is i think twofold one we've all had we've all had an experience being members of fan communities Mm -hmm. and i i don't i can only speak for myself but it has been a huge part of shaping like who i am in the world today for sure
0: yeah um how about you jordan Oh yeah, most definitely. I, I would say that I am at this point in my life, in my early 20s, mid twenties. Jesus, <laughs> in a, two days, pushing one year further.
1: Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're. Yeah, you're like, you're turning twenty four. Right? I'm turning twenty four. You're turning oh, forty one. Hi, yeah, I'm turning twenty six. Wow, you look
0: terrible. I am the oldest
2: person here. That is, I just turned twenty seven. Feeling very old right now.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you were twenty six before that?
2: Um, I think so. Yeah. Can you Weird. tell
0: Jarvis any tips to Um yeah.
2: it's pretty good. I liked being twenty six.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward right. to it. And for
1: twenty four, mmm <laughs> <laughs> <Yowza>. Yikes.
2: <laughs> well, you've gotten through twenty three, and I feel like twenty three was the worst.
1: Uh yeah, nobody likes doing your twenty three. Exactly. Um, Blink-182
2: warned us, and yeah, we should yeah,
0: yeah. have listened. I don't know about you. I didn't like being
1: 22. Blink-182 <laughs> Blink has warned us about a lot. I, yeah. I mean, nobody likes you when you're 23. Uh, they, they reminded us about all the small things, <laughs> that aliens are real, wake up sheeple. Oh, yeah. um, uh, no, but seriously, Tom DeLonge has gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> and it's He's like gone a, too long. It's like a real... yeah. Oh, Tom man. has gone, DeLong, gone way long way out there. And second, we... Specifically, Lauren... Uh, and, and very much in like a budding way uh, for for us have started to form our own communities around the content that we're creating, um, and I thought it would be really cool to talk about that and and the uh, the effect that it continues to have on on us and the way that we continue to exist in those communities.
0: Yeah, particularly since I think my both of our model and I assume in your case as well, especially during the meteoric rise of the Bright Sessions. Um, <laughs> I have to assume that like all of us have had that sensation of, okay, my frame of reference for what a fandom is, is ex-creator. And as soon as I get to that creator, that's when I'm officially a creator. Yeah. Like, prior to having that kind of fan base with that style of interaction, yeah. I don't count. But I, I can think of like five or six podcasts that I'm obsessed with, that until I receive that kind of feedback, It's just a little thing I do with my buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, interesting. What are the the podcasts that you feel like you need to reach to?
0: So the goal for me would always be You Made It Weird. Yeah, he made it weird. Was maybe oh, okay. in fact the first podcast I think I ever really listened to. I got really yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who doesn't know is uh, Pete Holmes's show. Mm-hmm. where right. he interviews various celebrities from popular culture, predominantly comedians and or philosophers here and there. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, very interesting show, especially since it's presented through Pete's lens, who himself has a very interesting experience with all aspects of popular culture and philosophy and lifestyle. But um, it's also like a fun chronology of his life. Mm. The show kicks off yeah. around about the point where he's made some pretty significant lifestyle changes yeah. and has now reached the point where he is, I believe, almost married or married already. I think he's married, yeah. Yeah, he, he met his to-be-wife, got engaged and got married on the show Wow, having struggled with that throughout the tenure of the podcast. There's yeah. also,
1: Cedron so and I have a lot of similarities. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, name 15. One of them is that we both
1: independently were fans of this podcast for mm. a long time. And one thing that's super interesting is how you can also see the arcs of the people who are on the show and, and, and Pete's friends, like Kumail uh, Nanjiani, yeah. who like oh, okay. yeah. I he's the first guest on You Made It Weird uh, when it oh, premiered wow. in like uh, 2012, 2011. And prior to that, I like listened to kumail's podcast that he did with uh, his wife emily called the indoor, indoor kids yeah. and to see where they are now it's like if you go back and listen to that episode which i have he's talking about how there's this like very personal story that he's like working on a script for and it's like gonna oh turn into the big sick and he's like really excited and it's just like you you just like you're, it's very similar to how i feel in fandom when i'm like what's gonna happen on lost or what's gonna happen to these characters in harry potter um where these like real life figures are going through these like arcs of their lives and you can go back and like see the um the lead up mm-hmm. and that is so exciting. Uh and I think that the the growth that people opened up like I think that the the way that Pete opens up his guests to talk about like their their lives and their struggles and, and like sort of how they think about life in yeah. the way that they
0: are is is super uh Super cool. That's always been the closest analog for Sad Boys because the goal in my mind is to perfectly balance and Lord knows a while away and we'll continue to work at this, but to find that perfect ratio between the comedy and the sincerity. Right. And, you know, even Pete waves here and there. It depends on the guest, depends on the environment, depends on his mood, depends on his day, their day, etc. Yeah, yeah. But his show captures that energy so often and so mm-hmm. comfortably that I very rarely walk away from an episode without both crying, laughing, <laughs> and coming away with some sort of insight. Do you have an equivalent show for The Bright Session? Something that was, like, a benchmark?
2: I mean, yeah. Welcome to Night Vale, I think, mm, yeah. has to be the one. Classic. And the fact that I now am friends with Joseph and Jeffrey Craner is yeah, yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like that's, and I think it's, you know, with fiction podcasts, it is a much smaller world that you're dealing with. And so that it's, things are maybe a little bit more accessible. Um, but and, you know, we certainly do not have the listenership or the fan base or sort of, you know, the just
1: general...
0: Quality, yeah.
1: Quality. <laughs> <laughs> or the um, ambition yeah. or, you know, really anything. Compelling but we are telling, both, telling, podcasts. Yeah. We're both podcasts. We are both podcasts. legally and we've online. we've been in the
2: same room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really the point for me where I that was sort of my benchmark for what a successful f- fiction podcast looks like. And I think for me... It's less about the numbers and just more about kind of feeling like I have a place at the table. Yes. Um, and the moment I felt like we really arrived as just even a player was when Jeffrey Cranor tweeted out that he was listening to the Bright Sessions. And yeah, I remember yeah, like yeah. texting all of my friends and being like, oh my God. And <laughs> yeah. I, he's like a guy that I know and, and yeah. really like and he's a really, really good person as yeah. Joseph. And um, that's a that's a weird thing to sort of feel like you're, even though the actual like quantity of success or whatever is not the same, just feeling like we're peers is
1: feels good i have never related to a statement more in my entire damn life i i, I feel the same way like uh it's just wanting a seat at the table it's wanting to mm-hmm. be it's wanting to become a member of this community that you have appreciated yeah for so long um and i think that all of my experiences with fandom have led to me ultimately trying to contribute to those communities in a in some in some way. Yeah. In some capacity. And we will get to all of that in our topic today. But first, Lauren, how was your week?
2: It's been good. Um, I was on the East Coast last weekend. Um, I was at a Yale podcast conference. Yes. Which was delightful.
1: So these uh, these Ivy Leaguers, are they mm-hmm. are they getting into podcasting? Are they are they enlisting? Uh...
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I think they are. It was a the Yale School of Management um, okay so one of the grad programs there and we talked a lot about the business of podcasting and then i was there to sort of be like the one of the people who's like i'm a creative person i don't right. i don't know right. metrics but here's how i made a thing yeah you went on the
0: panel you drove everyone there <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it wasn't yeah, it was just zoe deschanel playing you and just uh, a fun and quirky like i don't know numbers so good but i sure do like putting out my stuff i sure do like stories
0: so, we're looking yep. for somebody that can play a hick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Deschanel,
3: Playing me, I, yeah. a I New Yorker. Think,
0: <laughs> I think I was, what I was Perfect. going for was like the
1: adorable <laughs> caricature yeah. of yeah. Uh, of like, well, aw, yeah, oh shucks. I, you know, I don't do nothing no good, but <laughs> but I sure do have the spirit and heart. I'm
0: down by the crick.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I did in New Haven, Connecticut. Fit yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. in very well. Blended. Now, Connecticut is in the deep south. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: A secret, secret city secret
2: city in the deep south But it was great because New Haven is about uh, Two hours by train from my uh, where I grew up And so I went and was able to see my family And see um, some family members I don't get to see all that often Who happen to be in town So that was really nice And then it's just been uh, a pretty busy week Of wrapping things up for the Bright Sessions
1: oh I God. Sorry, I was hoping yeah. you into that sentence prematurely with it's been a busy week of rapping rapping." (laughs) (laughs) okay wow uh well let us have it we do need a new theme song so the bright sessions your podcast is approaching its series finale
2: it is it is i finished writing it on monday
1: wow yep
2: and then we recorded the uh, penultimate episode yesterday, and I am editing the third to last episode right now, and so it's definitely winding down, and sort yeah. of things are are being set in concrete in a way
0: that's kind of. Is there scary. a tangible energy in the room? Does a penultimate episode recording feel different?
2: Yeah, particularly because we've we've wrapped a couple of actors <gasps> on series, oh, weird. you know, and that was weird. Um, particularly because we've we're, so we're doing these bonus episodes and these spinoffs and things, but there are a couple of actors who. You know, I can't necessarily promise will be in those episodes. Right. You know, like Julia, who plays Dr. Bright, the therapist, is going to be in all of the bonus episodes. Right. I won't say beyond that, but she'll definitely be in these, these nine episodes. Um yeah. And so even recording the last episode with her when we do that, I feel like we'll sort of feel like a, the closing of a chapter, but not the closing of a book. Right,
1: right. But there have
2: been a couple of actors we... um one of our actors yesterday, we wrapped them, and I don't know necessarily exactly if they're going to come back. Um, or and that if you'll was just kind ever of
0: hang out with them socially. Yeah, i yeah, will yeah, yeah. <laughs> never see them again. We <laughs> right. no, wrapped I mean, our friendship. We should. <laughs> yes, we, <we're>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that uh, you think of all the people who work on your podcast as um, as objects, as pawns, yeah, mm-hmm. tools. I believe you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and there's no. There's no use in, in forming any personal relationship. No, there's no emotional right. connection there yeah. at we all. We requested
0: that you started using the term "rap" because before you were just saying "trashed." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My actors have been trashed. They've been trashed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I literally
2: take them outside and just put them next to the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's, yeah. they're surprisingly abiding. Yeah,
1: <laughs> really- they'll just stand there until <laughs> trash true. pickup happens. Yeah,
0: exactly. LA <laughs> actors are very weak-willed. <laughs> you can just pick them up, put them in a trash. I think care. it's
1: it really just speaks to the way that they've been treated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, SAG really needs to you know get on top of this stuff. Um, but no, I mean, it is it is fun because I do work with all my friends um, and all of our careers have kind of changed over the past two years. And so it feels like um, one of my uh, my birthday twin, one of my lead actors, you guys share a birthday and I yes. share a birthday with one of my best friends, Brigham Snow.
1: Hey, I didn't oh, know you shared a
0: birthday oh, with Brigham. We have the exact
2: cool. same birthday. Yeah, that's cool. Same year? Nope.
0: No. Okay, that's us too. Yeah, right. um, it would be, yeah, be where, weird. It would be weird. How many years apart?
2: Three. Oh. Yeah. And you guys are only two. two. Yeah. So close. We tried perfect.
0: for three, it just didn't yeah, work. Yeah, didn't yeah. work so didn't we're, happen. yeah. Yeah. Selfish Cosmically.
2: mothers. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we actually had a podcast when we were like a twinkle in our father's <laughs> eye.
0: It was called In utero. <laughs> utero voice. Utero voice. <laughs> utero voice. <laughs> uh
1: it was really hard to to penetrate uh we're both both uh both our hosts
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. We were parasites. We were uh <laughs> Uh, I was put a parasite in my father's spleen yeah, I don't yeah, know where it yeah. comes the from hostess. <laughs> yeah. really a
1: podcast host has a, takes on a whole new meaning
0: <laughs> a podcaster host <laughs> a
1: podcaster host but yeah, yeah
2: so, so we we always talk about how we feel like we're going to look back on this time as sort of the original bright sessions mm. run is like oh remember when
1: we right, right. did
2: this thing together because ideally hopefully we'll all go off and have careers separate yeah. from each other that those we'll were flourish the days back,
1: back
0: yeah. yeah
2: right and you sort of hear about you know like the old days of like UCB or like second city in toronto right, and all these right. actors who like were friends and we we're all just
0: recording in your bedroom right, right but, yeah. exactly and so that's yeah, the thing, yeah. kind of like
2: the the memoir fantasy of this time is sort of and, and so this is the kind of like end of that initial like three chapter of my memoir
1: right it's a very narcissistic
2: that's- way to view you no i no, but- completely
0: <laughs> empathize i think i was having nostalgic thoughts about my time at patreon oh my in god like 2014 right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh well, I imagine i'll look back one day and think oh what a crazy time it was and i've been working there for like a year
1: <laughs> yeah but <laughs> That's so true though, because there you just go through so much change in in life uh that thinking back on those times, like they are they are special. I, I'm a big believer in for one, I don't think it's super narcissistic to think about like your life in terms of like these chapters. Mm. And I think one of my favorite coping mechanisms for like going through tough times is going, well, this is a pretty good episode of like yeah. the life of me. Right. This uh, is
0: informing Jarvis in a year. Yeah. This is exactly. like,
1: this is like the conflict in the second act before I like come back triumph. around, you know, mm. before the triumph. And also I'm a big believer in the idea that there's no such thing as like the times of our lives. They're like sure. everything that we yeah. are experiencing as we're experiencing it. And everything is going to seem better in hindsight. Yeah. And so it's like really, we can only help ourselves out by appreciating the moment.
0: That philosophy is also a really great way to supplement, as you mentioned, stressful times, but it's also a great way to maximize positive times. I remember mm. being locked in a mindset for a good year and a half when I first moved to the States. I've been here almost three years now. But for my first year, year and a half, I was obsessed with the idea that I never wanted to purchase, like, nice furniture. Mm. Or I never wanted to buy anything physical that was difficult to move because I was, in essence, transient, right? right. That's that's the And that's an identity that I know a lot of immigrants particularly on like visa statuses like mine that aren't permanent or even really that long especially at this point in my life at that point in my life um, struggle with but then eventually I just started doing it and in and of itself it made me feel more settled it wasn't that I needed to be settled in order to get a cat. I needed to get a cat in order to feel settled. Yeah. Right, right. And that's, and that's another another reason to do that is you really want as much material for that memoir as possible. Like, yeah. you don't want... And then for like two and a half years, I just kind of thought about getting a cat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to skip those chapters because I didn't do anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think we, our brains, like to sort of categorize things and, and have these milestones like, okay, I'm getting a cat. And so that means that I'm semi-permanent and that yeah. I'm settled or... I mean, just even thinking about the last five years of being in LA before moving out here, I you know, I graduated college and moved out a week later. And up until that point, your life is just in four-year segments because of school and so to sort of then be able to say like okay well the bright sessions was kind of like grad school and I've only been doing it for two and a half years but it's been part of this sort of five-year period in LA and now that that's ending sort of the next thing comes and it it helps me kind of appreciate things as they're happening to sort of them in chunks and in stages of life in that way
1: I think that's a really helpful framework to have and to that, I will say, this is great, y'all. This We're having just, a this good is time. Pleasant. We are having a good this is time. A good, this is one of those things that, like, we'll look back on it and really fondly. But right now, it's also pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Yeah. I mean, I obviously I'm not enjoying this all that much but i think to sure. myself think of the ad revenue yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> think of the think monetization of the which the reminds cash. me this episode is sponsored by no one that's right please help <laughs> no one is sponsoring the show uh use our promo code sad boys nowhere well whatsoever
0: tweet our link to any potential sponsor <laughs> yeah um
1: and remember Build it beautiful.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, Jordan, how was your week?
0: Uh, my week was good. Also been rapping a lot. <laughs> Trying to get as much of that out as possible. Um, yeah, it's been a very active week. It was only uh, one full day of Sorry, two full days of work. Then I flew to LA on Tuesday night. It is now... What day? It is Thursday, correct? It's Thursday. What day it is? <laughs> what day it is? Boy, you. <laughs> what day it is?
1: Why, it's... Uh, uh, Please don't kill me. He
0: has <laughs> yeah, <it's> a rifle. <laughs> what day it is?
1: <laughs> Please don't trash me, sir. <laughs> I'm but a humble actor. <laughs> I'd prefer not to sit out in the cold. That is
0: the dynamic of director and actor. You know, like. <laughs> it's, it's old man screwed shouting at a child. Fetch me an excellent performance. Here. <laughs> oh, I'd love yes, to, yes, Mister. Oh, blimey! <laughs> don't fuck up my vision. For this. <laughs> uh, I'm a creative genius. <laughs> but yeah, outside of that, uh, pretty work. Intensive. This is a nice, like, little reprieve. Record a little pod. Hang out with some people I care about. Yes, yes. Um, But something pretty exciting happened this week. We touched on it briefly last night, Jarvis. But Laura, oh dear, um, you've listened to Sad Boys, correct?
2: I do. I'm a couple episodes behind.
1: No, no, it's not. This isn't like the time okay. that we were last on your couch where Jordan described how our, our friend Alexis, when he first met her,
0: he <laughs> asked her if she was an emotional, an emotional pervert. pervert. That's mm. right. Yeah, don't recall that. Anyway, I,
2: <laughs> I am. A, yes, I'm a dedicated listener of Sad Boys.
0: Oh, thank you. You're an emotional pervert. Um, we <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. a while back and multiple times have referenced the fact that neither of us have actually ever really watched Seinfeld. And oh, yet yeah. uh, it, it seems to have at least in some degree informed our comedic styles. We make a lot of references to it and we constantly do the bit of the Seinfeld warble. They're like, which is <laughs> we
1: get that from Pete Holmes. Yeah, it's that's the thing. It's, we, <laughs> we get have, that from a we get a second, get second order. Second hand, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We have like goodwill put, purchased bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on the single night I was by myself before Jarvis arrived last night. I watched two and a half full episodes of the television series Seinfeld.
2: Wow. It was
0: on television. First of all, i got to say, in my, like, three years here, I've maybe watched 25 hours of terrestrial television in America. Right. I, don't, I watch yeah. streaming. I don't watch TV. And I
1: bet you most of those hours are in hotel rooms. Oh, Almost exclusively, The yeah. last time that we shared a hotel room, we watched Key and Peele for, like, two hours. It was great. <laughs> was like, it was this was really
0: funny. Yeah, it super great. good. Uh, but as a result, I was blown away by, you, you have such smart advertising. Mm. Like, in the UK commercials happen at the end of a show and halfway through the show it's the only time commercials right. take place you have this pacing where you're never watching more than like three or four commercials and then you're never getting more than three minutes of the show and you're constantly on the edge of your seat like I, oh, I, okay, well that was a funny joke I do want to hear what George is going to say now oh drugs i can buy those okay that's cool and that's Mesothelioma, a new all right that's a word i'll hear a lot and not um, know what it means dude i die every single time i see an ad for some kind of prescription drug and there is four full minutes of clarification <laughs> <And> <laughs> of side effects hey you can buy this thing and maybe it'll make your dick hard anyway uh, <laughs> your head will explode your wife will become a dragon and it's just like the most <laughs> elaborate thing for the rest of the show um but anyway i watched some seinfeld and um, as a natural scientist, I believe myself to be an entrepreneur at heart mm-hmm. um, and a researcher, I took away some learnings. Great. And I would like to share them science with fields. each of you. boy. <laughs> 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 <Uh-oh>. Science
1: field. <laughs> <laughs> field of science.
0: Go science field. Uh, so the big news is I watched Seinfeld and the major takeaway is that it's funny, which I feel like is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely funny show. Got a couple guffaws out of the kid. I'm enjoying it so far. It was nuts. Elaine was struggling with something. George said some stuff that really got him into trouble. And Jerry, uh, uh, he was doing some other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, Jerry Seinfeld was a better actor than I expected. It was not like self-contained. He actually performed fairly well. Okay. Right, right. He just was nothing. Like, his his struggles were just struggles other characters would be doing more interesting things with. And so every funny scene was him interacting with a George and Elaine, et cetera. Right. Um, But in the two and a half episodes I watched... My number one takeaway was the rate of bass licks is significantly higher than I was led to expect.
2: Oh yeah, it's they're not, all
0: over the place. I thought it would be like you know how in Friends Ross will say like, "Oh Chandler, you're, 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 my name is Jeff," and then Chandler will go like, bah, 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 "And it'll go, yeah, just like fade a, into a, thing. A, a yeah into transition, and yeah. maybe one every few minutes yeah. to keep the pace moving. Crossfade from a external shot to like <laughs> to the Ross, Ross yeah. in
1: bed or the coffee shop. Yeah, and like
0: it was. I, I was a break. I forget
1: how that yeah, show goes. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: resetting
0: your palate. And then <laughs> Time for another scene. Half <laughs> of those
2: transition music stings sound a lot like songs by Blue Oyster Cult. I'm just gonna point that
0: out yeah, that's these are, maybe that's where they got those these are the hot takes that <laughs> you've been waiting
1: for a yeah. 25 uh, year old television show features musical breaks that sound a lot like 40 year old rock yeah, band yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the velocity bass licks was quite impressive mm-hmm. it was happening on average maybe every 45 seconds <laughs> and also the variety of bass licks was quite impressive we were mm. talking about it last night if yeah, you yeah, just yeah. cut out all of the actual content you would get a very interesting experimental bass also the tone whereas Friends sounds a tad melancholy, you know, it's like a light piano. Da, yeah, da, da. this was so. Oh, George's having a date, jumped on the scene. I was blown away by it, it really kept my uh energy high, kept me engaged. Great, and George's. Uh-huh. All the stuff George was doing That's just crazy (laughs) Uh, Next uh, big learning was that I only heard four Maybe five Seinfeld warbles In those two and a half episodes Hmm. Based on my knowledge Of You Made It Weird I was expecting Maybe one every scene Like You did the thing I can't believe it (laughs) Uh, that's
1: me. like that's Perfectly. how my uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression is just <laughs> 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 you just can't like say a word <laughs> <laughs> <Govenor>. <laughs> only vowels <laughs> <laughs> that guy
0: was actually a governor That's pretty nuts yeah, yeah. it's pretty what weird Uh, and then finally um, (laughs) you won't believe who's president (laughs) (laughs) I have some crazy news
2: (laughs) touché Ronald Reagan (laughs) the
0: actor (laughs) yeah Ronald Reagan the actor Uh, the final takeaway was that I actually saw the episode where everybody found out what Kramer's first name was (gasps) I didn't know that was a reveal that was fun yeah uh, first name is cosmo which is the third time we've referenced the name cosmo That's in our conversation true. today yeah was about the character from fairly old parents and
2: and from florence foster jenkins that who movie. was a real person named cosmo mcmoon oh my favorite movie. name of all time it's a Great.
1: <laughs> VR- brb changing my name to so those cosmo are, those are
0: my learnings from seinfeld outside of that my week was not super active got some cool stuff coming up but no spoilers Ooh. How about you, Jarvis? Yeah. What the hell have you been doing?
1: Well, Jordan, <laughs> it's our birthday week.
0: Oh, boy. Woo-woo!
1: for those thank you Uh, for those who that that was uh, that that was someone who screamed near a tuba
3: (laughs) the the air just happened to flow
1: (laughs) (laughs) so our birthday is on Saturday and Jordan was doing some work I figured I would come out and visit um, and spend our birthday together because weirdly we have been in the same
0: place For the past three years three birthdays on your birthday on our birthday and an important fact to know is we've known each other about two and a half years yeah
1: so like so yes okay so here's the story on a cold day now uh so (laughs) fade in (laughs) so three years ago my uh good friend jamie started working at patreon with jordan um and she after a while was trying to convince me to join and one of the things that I was most like nervous about was the people seemed nice, but I wasn't really sure like what I was getting myself into Because right. like when you're interviewing at a company, everyone seems like nice because they just want you to join Yeah Oh, yeah, and so so birthday is coming up me and my uh, uh, Me and my roommates from college were a few years out of college. We're like, let's go to Vegas Let's let's get the let's get the band back together A lot of us have moved to New York and to Seattle and to all these places mm-hmm. let, to Florida Let's get everybody back together. Let's go to Vegas and have like a good old time and it'll also happen over over my birthday so i booked my tickets cool beans my friend jamie hits me up hey a bunch of us for patreon are going to vegas or not even but it wasn't like a patreon sponsor thing it was like a bunch of m- me and my co-workers are going to celebrate another co-worker's birthday in vegas these dates you in to which oh my God. i replied with my like ticket stub that I purchased like days prior for the exact same flight that she was like telling me to get.
0: Now what we haven't checked is whether we purchased the flights at exactly the same time.
1: We haven't, but I don't think we were allowed to check.
0: <laughs> the world might collapse.
1: Yes. And so uh we stayed in different places in Vegas, but we're in the same place a number of times but didn't interact. And then we oh. we later interacted uh, we knew a time would come we knew a time would come and then the next year also in vegas also in vegas yeah uh this year
0: not Th- that time less because it was our birthday it just become a tradition and of course at this point you're working at patreon and yeah. as a right. patreon tradition within our small friend group we just went again
1: yeah and i guess we learned that we had the same birthday as like a thing before we even knew each other mm-hmm. yeah so last year also in vegas and then now this year i'm like well we got to keep the tradition going and Jordan's going to be in L.A. And then uh, we're going to Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas, um, for a thing. And so I'm like, I'm just taking some vacation and just going to have a good old time.
2: That's amazing. Like, I I feel like if I were writing the story of your lives, it would end in like one of three ways. Either you turn out to actually be twins, you fall in love or one of you kills the other. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think those are likely to happen.
0: I've placed my bet. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I will say it right now. My money is on us falling in love. (laughs) You wouldn't have a differing opinion on that, would you Jordan? Of course not. No, definitely not. Um, Especially Jordan if puts I was in, knife away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if I was intending to kill you, why would I say it now? I uh,
1: another fun thing uh, because we keep having similarities uh crop up um like
0: despite my f- our best efforts. My
1: favorite my favorite recently is that uh we're going to be in Dallas, um, and then we are flying back to San Francisco.
0: Oh, my God. This is so stupid. <laughs> uh,
1: we're, we're flying back to San Francisco on Sunday, and um, uh, we're like, okay, uh, leave 2.40, land 5 o'clock, cool beans. Let's do it. Uh, we book our flights. Um, Jordan sends me his flights. We book our flights. Hours, days pass. We realize we both have flights that leave at the exact same time and arrive at the exact same time in San Francisco, but... We're, they're on different airlines and out of different airports in Dallas. What? <laughs> so we, we knew there were two airports. So we will be in the same hotel, leaving to separate lifts to get <laughs> to go to separate airports to,
0: that to get meet in SFR. To Get on
1: separate flights that both <laughs> depart and arrive at the same times. Was this uh, like a
2: miles loyalty program thing, or just bad coordination? This was uh,
1: <laughs> uh, bad coordination. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, nailed it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna blame Jordan. On this one, because Homeboy is flying into DFW and flying out of DAL. Uh, Let's like keep
0: him guessing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and Jarvis is naturally like, why don't I just. Uh, use the same airport. Yeah. Uh, for consistency. Coward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. So uh, <laughs> I I flew in I flew in last night and I uh, have had quite a busy week um, making sure that I decided to take vacation a little bit last minute and so I wanted to make sure I uh, took care of everything I needed to at work and got all my stuff together. I had like a video to edit and I have like an episode of Sad Boys that I'm going to edit later today and I've just been a little tired uh, mm. and so one thing I'm looking forward to is just like sleeping in hotel rooms a little bit. Collecting myself yesterday i flew it can only be described as a red eye from san francisco to los angeles Uh, but that is because it arrived at uh 1203 p.m um and departed prior to that so technically it still counts we're tired uh we're both tired Uh, we were up late last night just having a good old slumber party um jordan and i do this thing where whenever we're sharing a bed in a hotel room which is uh, a more common occurrence in recent years yeah um (laughs) we will just like end up having one of those like bedtime conversations that goes Mm. for like an hour, an hour and a half.
0: You got in at maybe close to 1am last night. Yeah. I had, Kept myself awake by paying four and a half straight hours of Mario Odyssey <laughs> for you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome.
1: And then the first thing I do when I walk in is uh, I call the front desk because I God, needed to.
0: Sorry. Do you want to play this out? Because it was yeah. this straight. So it's a two part experience. Because oh, yeah, first, because of first of all, it's
1: getting into the hotel. It's, so
0: It's a weird hotel. It's kind of just a big Airbnb with multiple rooms, no room service, no gym, nothing. It's literally just rooms. <laughs> yeah. Shelter yeah, yeah. hotel. Nice decor, very comfortable service. It's just not a full hotel. right? And so Jarvis rolls up and there's a back entrance. It's the only way to get in. And you hit this little bell.
1: Right. Notice that. It looks, sounds, acts like a back entrance, but it is the
0: only entrance. It is the only entrance. And it's (laughs) directly adjacent to the garage entrance. So it looks like you've gone the wrong way. Exactly. But
1: it's also got the main signage for the hotel. So I'm like, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. I walk up to the door, check, see that it's locked. I'm starting to turn around because I'm like, certainly there's a co- more correct entrance. And then the intercom starts playing and the guy's just like, uh, are you checking in or what? I don't even remember. Well, what so he said. I walk
0: down because I know that you've just arrived right. and I come halfway through to a conversation of a man turned away from me. I come out of the elevator speaking to the, the uh, intercom and just going, do you have a room? and you're going I don't know what my room number is and it's like this is the strangest
1: <laughs> yeah well, no because I think he asked me for do you, it's like do you have a room number or some other piece of information and I was like I don't have either of those things for this more comp- like this reason of the person who checked into my room is already here
0: yeah and then I roll up like the end of Dirty Dancing and I just go like <laughs> he's staying with me don't put Jarvis outside <laughs> yeah. um, and
1: then and then they and then they let me in and so that's the beginning of my relationship with this uh, with this person minutes later (laughs) Minutes later, we're like uh, gone up to the room. It's super hot, by the way. Uh, for some reason, that's and,
2: so weird. Yesterday was so cold.
1: I
0: know and it's it, all the Odyssey I'd been playing. <laughs> <laughs> it, really like hated. the
1: lights, the lights were red. It was humid. We opened windows and couldn't possibly get like airflow to the room. It was very strange. <laughs> I believe uh, the
0: shelter, the shelter hotel exists within a different plane of existence. <laughs> yeah, I
1: would not be surprised. <laughs> you enter through the portal. Yeah, <laughs> um, dimension
2: just slightly adjacent to Actuel. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> and so. Uh, and then I had couldn't find my travel toothbrush as I was leaving, so I was like, fuck it, I'll just like go to a CVS. And um I first was like, oh, I'll ask the front desk and see if they have one, because that's like a common thing ask at <laughs> that's a common ask at hotels. Yeah. Um and do you wanna <laughs> role play this one, Jordan?
0: Sure. I'll be you i so be the bell hop.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you'll be the man. bell hop. I press zero on the phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ring, ring. Hello, sir. Hi. Um I was wondering if you had a toothbrush around that I could acquire.
3: <laughs> no, 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 I believe you exactly. we <laughs> <laughs> if just procure. Correctly. Right, right. Is there, a, is there, is there a toothbrush?
0: Have you ever seen Men in Black? You know that like yeah. guy that's made of bugs, and he's just a bunch of skin, and yeah. he can't really speak properly. He's like, "You can I be getting the car to drive in?" <laughs> it's like, "May I procure?" Yeah, I
1: toothbrush. was like, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I used the word procure." I said, "Can I? Do you have a toothbrush around?" <laughs> just lie <lying Yeah>. anywhere. <laughs> a rogue toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> that i could procure a word that i don't think i've ever said out loud in my <laughs> <whole> life <laughs> but it really just speaks to like my headspace yeah. in that moment the panic of uh, bad
0: dental hygiene and then, f- flipping out
1: and then the response that he gave me uh i, I told you what he said right no oh so uh, i go yeah do you have a toothbrush brush around anywhere that i could procure his response to me is no so we don't have any toothbrushes and we don't have any bottles of water (laughs) (laughs) no 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 he said he said he said so the thing about this hotel is that we don't have any toothbrushes and we don't have any bottles of water and (laughs) it's such an easy problem to
0: resolve (laughs) i can fix that for you hotel
1: (laughs) yeah it, it was also a thing that was like why did he add that extra information? As if I had called and been like, "I have two very specific requests, and I really hope that you can resolve <laughs> Providing them."
0: Providing you can fulfill fifty percent of my requests, I'll be fine. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and and then uh, that was our that was our interaction. Um, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Get out of my way! I've got to catch that train, uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, don't go. Angelo, is that you? I- I couldn't let you leave without just telling you something, Carolyn. I I love you. I love you more than the stars in the sky. Wow, Vangelo, I'm flattered. Please, you can't leave without telling me how I can stay in touch with you. Uh, you, Can I send you a letter? Send you an email? Well, I'm really just on Twitter. That's great. Tell me your handle. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll follow you. You can follow me. Uh, I'll be able to DM you. It's at sadboyspod. Okay, I'm just going to write. Sorry,
0: did you say it was at sadboyspod? Yeah, my DMs are open. Right, but it's not, it, that's not your account, right? That's like a, the show with the two guys? I, we, they let me share it
1: because I can't afford a Twitter of my own. Right.
0: You know that Twitter, Twitter's free, like you can just make an account, it doesn't cost any money to- I don't have time to explain
1: you, me and look, trains
0: departing- You literally make, it cost no money, you can just you get Queen it free, me. you can just get it free. It's a free service.
1: So, today, we're talking about fandom. Woo!
0: Oh, that was fun.
3: I like that.
1: Woo! <laughs> Hold on. Okay, wait. I I feel like we're on a roll here, Uh, Lauren. Oh, God. (laughs) The fandom jingle.
2: Fandom, fandom, being a fan is fun.
0: Anybody that thinks you can't write music <laughs> is out of their mind because you just need to pick one word <laughs> and extend either the word multiple times or just one of the letters at the beginning.
1: I think, yep. yeah, I think that that's kind of the secret to a lot of music that we're not really talking
0: about. Yeah, it's just <laughs> thank you so wrinkles. much for that, Lauren. It's just Lin Manuel Miranda sitting at his desk. I don't know what to do. And wait. Hamilton Hamilton, <laughs> <it's> Hamilton, 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 <laughs> Hamilton.
2: That is Hamilton.
1: That's how it goes. It's true. You, you said you've never heard it? Yeah, yeah no, heard
0: I, it, but yeah. I assume I nailed it, right? Um,
1: Absolutely. I think the best place to start is at the beginning, as I, uh, as I Very always good do. I always place to start. Um, what? <laughs> this is a screenwriting course. <laughs> <laughs> this is the master class with Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were your first experiences with online fan communities, mm. Lauren?
2: For me, it was so I I've been a pretty intense fan of lots of things since I was a kid: fantasy novels, musical theater, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then in high school, I got super into this thing called television shows. Mm, oh wow! I don't know if you've heard of it?
1: Is that like podcasts? <laughs> Is this, yeah, but it's a speaky, like, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's one of those talky films. A talky, um, a short talky. And I started watching the TV show Bones. Oh, um, oh. yes, which premiered in like 2005. So I was. 14 or 15 when I was getting really into it and
0: with uh, that guy that has a brick for (laughs) a head what's his name (laughs) David Uh, Boreanaz uh Alvin Borealis (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I
1: I thought it was Derek Brickhead (laughs) Brickhead.
2: um well and I think I I think I watched it maybe because I was discovering um I was introduced to sort of joss whedon's oeuvre at the same time and so i was getting into angel right. and you know Dave bryanis is, is leading that um he's buffy he's buffy, <laughs> he's buffy. <laughs> um and you know naturally i had an enormous crush on Dave bryanis um naturally. but i i was just talking to a friend about this last night actually because we were talking about sort of our first introductions into fan spaces and i was always like a lurker like i never really like Talked on forums. I didn't write fic. I didn't like get involved in fandom discourse. But like, I would sort of consume a lot of fan uh, content and be in Yes, exactly.
3: Right,
1: right.
2: And I would in re- relaying this to my friend, I realized that I think I was on YouTube in like the first three weeks that YouTube was around. Oh wow! Because I remember searching. Some sort of sh- search term for Bones on YouTube, and this wasn't a point where like Fox was putting up promos on YouTube. Like you can only see the promos for next oh, week on the Fox website. Right. So it was just fan vids, and yes. I remember so specifically for weeks and weeks and weeks, I'd keep going back, and it would still only be sixteen videos. That's all that came up when you search Bones on YouTube, <laughs> oh my God. and like
1: to that, or like or like Fox Bones or TV show Bones. You, or whatever you, it was. Me- you were like showing up at. The, the watering hole yeah and you yeah. were getting 16 drops and now <laughs> now if I I just searched and it's 37
0: billion results exactly. there is always a tsunami around the corner well, yeah, and, yeah and
2: Bones premiered in 2005 and YouTube started in what 2005, 2005. yeah so yeah, it was yeah. literally like just those two things happened at the same time and then I went on to like the Fox website to see promos for next week and sort of read about it because I was so yeah, I yeah, was yeah. so drawn in yeah and there were like message boards on there and I think it was through that I don't remember specifically but I think it was through that, that took me to fanfiction.net. Yes, and that's what I started getting <laughs> that's, really into. That's what everything fell and apart. That's, when everything <laughs> that's changed.
0: When you at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when it all changed. <laughs> it took me now, to for those fiction. who aren't
1: aware of of fanfiction mm-hmm. and specifically fanfiction.net, which is like a, a juggernaut, I feel in, yeah. in 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 the world of fanfiction. Lauren, could you please define for us fanfiction?
2: Yes. So fanfiction is what it sounds like it is fiction um stories written by fans about a, of fan. a, thing. <laughs> about a fan
1: it's like um, today i spun around 36 <laughs> times And a so for like slow fan <laughs>
0: wow bad fan he's, <laughs> he's, hey he's self-conscious, self-conscious.
2: <laughs> uh for like a brief sort of fandom fan fiction history lesson i as far as i understand it fan fiction first really became an active thing in fan communities in the 1970s um because wow. of star trek
1: Okay, um, and yeah. because of
2: Spock, Kirk, Fick, um, oh. so a lot like of shipping them, yeah, shipping them, yeah.
1: Shipping is a uh, a thing where you um, write stories that give or or no, no, shipping, well, shipping, shipping is, just, is the, just the thinking that two characters should well, be right. together. So I
2: was going to yeah. get to that because the origin of shipping comes later, actually. But there were all of these fanzines in the seventies and eighties um, for Star Trek, and people were like trading back f- Fick, where Spock and Kirk. are are in a relationship um, rather than just in love like they are canonically in the show obviously Um, and then in the 90s with the X-Files people started um, talking about how much they wanted Mulder and Scully to be in a relationship
1: right? and
2: they were shipping them and that's Mm, where
1: the term shipping yeah yeah
2: and so by the time that I got into fandom in 2005, these things were pretty established and fanfiction.net had cropped up. And I think the like early 2000s, maybe before then it was like LiveJournal and DreamWidth and like right. these, you could literally subscribe to mailing lists to get fic and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now
2: it's this thing called Archive of Our Own, um, AO3, which is um, kind of now a big fic website Um at least that, like, that's where I read most of my fics, right,
1: is right, right. fan fiction. Right, right, right.
2: But I definitely was in it for I think the reason that a lot of people get into fan fiction was because I was watching Bones and I was like, I want Bones and Booth to kiss and they're not kissing. And <laughs> yeah, So yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go.
0: I'm in control. Find <laughs> find
2: some writing where that happens. It's
0: like
1: wish fulfillment.
0: Totally. Yeah. And yeah. also, uh, presumably, at this point in time. Not a lot of bonus content to be absorbing. If you want right. more bones in your life, you get the episodes when they air. Right, exactly. And outside of that, you're David Boreatis free.
2: Yeah, and you've got these long summer hiatuses. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, dying for the next thing. And so, yeah, actually, a lot of the fic I read wasn't even a romantic fic. It was literally just case fic. Yeah. And it was just of these characters solving forensic crimes. And it was just, and they would be multi-chapter fics. I'd basically be getting an episode in between the episodes that were actually airing of the TV show. And wow. since it's
0: a procedural show, like, who's to say that that isn't canon? Right. Like, functionally, if they just never reference it again, it doesn't matter. Right? Maybe they yeah. did do that thing where, I don't know, David Boreanis had to find how his beautiful girlfriend Lauren Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> yeah. Where is she gone? <laughs> it's
2: funny, I actually never got into reader insert fic, which is where you were kind of like the main character, in. I always wanted to... That's like a oh, very self-serving
0: version of it. Wait, yeah. does it read like you are the main person? Like, it says you... No, yeah. some oh.
2: of that stuff does exist oh okay and there also is like you, there's stuff that exists where it's like reader slash a character and you can like kind of like fill in your name mm-hmm. essentially um that's oh, like a, a, bi- like a mad
0: lib <laughs>
2: yeah that's like that's the david's thing david's that
0: a big sex <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah exactly um
1: i just real quick because i want to hear about your fandom um beginnings jordan i didn't think I had any relationship to fan fiction as you were talking and then I remembered that when I was a kid and I got really into Dragon Ball Z I wrote stories that were just stories that were in that world where it was like me and my friends and I like wrote them and I printed them out like I printed out the scripts and I gave them to my friends and then we would like go outside and play. Yeah. And that was like the first, That's I like didn't realize I was like directing also. I was
0: like, you did a fan production. Yeah, yeah. You made a fan film without cameras. Yeah. I just remember
1: printing out on like colored construction paper uh, because white printer paper was like harder for me to get at that point in my life.
0: <laughs> um, and you were really into ASMR. Yeah. So had all this construction paper. And now it's like around.
1: hard for me to find construction paper uh, and it's very easy for, I have all this printer paper lying around. Jordan, what were your fandom beginnings?
0: So interestingly, I'm sure that there were earlier versions of fandom, but the first time I can think back to something that I started self-identifying with, like this represents me and I am connected to this mm-hmm. on like an inseparable level and this will define parts of who I am, came kind of late. Like I, I, there was plenty of shows and movies and TV that I'd fallen in love with. Huge fan of Zorro when I was growing up and to this day I'm obsessed with sword fighting in movies. I was a major fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and got really obsessed mm-hmm. with the mythology and maybe even read some fan fiction around that. But the first time I remember really connecting as a fanboy, a self-identified fanboy, would be, weirdly, with video game critics. Oh, Oh, interesting. I'm talking like maybe 2010. Starting around 2010, I was really into a website called The Escapist. Yes. Uh, Still active, not a super active website, but the creators affiliated with it who are either still with them or left, I watch to this day.
2: I was in a web series done through The Escapist. Wait, what was it? Natural 20, it was about D&D.
0: Wait, I watched that show. Did you Whoa! really? Oh, this is spectacular. <laughs> I for sure have seen you in that really? show. That is really weird. That's really weird. And we weird. have the same birthday. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I had
2: red hair then, so I, I looked a little bit
0: This is that weird. Piece. That is
2: weird. Whoa. I was obsessed oh, yeah, that's,
0: with The escapes. That's I was why applying I have... for jobs there when I was like 12. But yeah, I was, I was obsessed with them for a really long time. And uh, throughout that tenure, I mostly fell in love with creators like... Uh, Ben Yahtzee-Croshaw, who does a show called Zero Punctuation that still runs to this day, that I watch week over week, which is just a games review show, but pushed through a lens of a very, very uh, idiosyncratic writer. He has a very specific style, Mm -hmm. he has an excellent oration tone, like he's very pleasant to listen to, and he's a really talented writer. Um, And then that shifted to uh, now video essays. Many of the people that I fell in love with on The Escapist are now prolific video uh, video essay writers such as Bob Chipman. Bob Chipman is probably the closest thing I have to like a patron saint creatively at this point. Sure, right. But he started on The Escapist where he had some traction. Same goes for Jim Sterling. These are all people that initially were doing a lot of content on The Escapist yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they dabbled in other websites. And thinking back on it, that was my fanboyism and Mm -hmm. much like you wrote fan fiction i wrote my own reviews and i would publish them on a a self-published blog which would get no traction and i I would send them into the escapist and they would reply saying this had no structure (laughs) this is the most buckwild thing i've ever written did you write this in 20 minutes and i'd be like yes very much so uh but I, i became obsessed with that community um to the point where for a very long time I intended to go into the games press, only falling out of it as the closer that I got and the more freelance stuff I did throughout my teens. You know, here and there I would get articles published on sites. Mm. The closer I got to that industry, the more I just like some of the problematic elements. Right. Not a great gender divide. Not yeah. the world's best approach to women in gaming. And It's not so much that I think it's so negative that I couldn't have entered that space, but it's just not a fight I wanted to fight. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but video games in general... Design of, production of, release of, yeah. and uh, critique of was the thing that I think I fell in love with immediately, even before film.
1: Okay. So uh, you, you hit on something that's really uh, interesting to me, which is the identity that you assign to. To these things you like Identify with these communities you identify with these Creators these worlds Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases Jordan in your decision to Like like sort of falling out of of Games press aspirationally Mm. Was part of that you know issue With like the the way that women are treated In games and in the games industry Related to like I don't want to assign This to my identity because this is like Baggage Mm. that comes Mm. with it and like Now because because theoretically You'd be where you stand ethically Versus like your, your industry you, there's like a moral imperative to be like fighting that fight right
0: yeah well i mean the the genesis of that entire issue is the fact that the games industry by design has always been very insular yeah even at this point where it is a multi-billion dollar industry that is as popular as film and television it treats itself like it's very insular mm-hmm. a lot right. of stuff's very cloak and dagger the way the games press industry operates is still kind of Peculiar and not mm. well expressed and there's a lot of drama that circulates way after the fact. It's just like, a, it's still a very, it acts like it's in its infancy even though it isn't. Right. And that insular nature, which at the time I saw via the gender divide, is just a thing I don't find very appealing. And I think the reason that I studied film, despite, yeah, I would say that games are closer to a, pure passion for me than, mm. than film ever was although you know I have my love for film was because I wanted to enter an industry that was out of its infancy and had perspective I was more interested in that mm-hmm. I didn't like the idea of assigning myself I'm the guy that knows games and nothing else Right. right. Because if you know games, you don't read books. If you know games, you don't do sports. None of these things. It's just games. Right. Yeah. Whereas film always felt like a space where I could enter, find people that associate themselves with gaming as well, and then maybe make my way into a new community. That's one of the nice things about podcasting. Right. Yeah. Right. Podcasting is broad enough that entering podcasting doesn't really restrict you from other mediums. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always my fear with the games press, but yeah, um, self-identification, I feel like, is a big part of yeah. why people connect with fandom. Totally. And why fan fiction can be so appealing. Yeah. Because if you go like, oh, man, the Dexter finale really stinks. Yeah. I identified with those characters, so I'm just going to say that's not what happened. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, specifically, Dexter...
1: The best part about um, the the sixth season of Dexter, because I watched the whole thing naturally as it was airing and the subreddit uh, the Dexter oh, I subreddit. Imagine. Just, it just they turned on the show. They turned on the show <laughs> yep. in the sixth season. Mutiny. <laughs> yeah, and in and, and then and then it was an enjoyable show to watch because you wanted to know how the community was going to react. Yeah. You were yeah, you were looking for the like the memes uh, and like the jokes about how uh, the sixth season never happened and like sort of these things about the opposite of things that happened in the show. Uh, being like the t- most voted things. It's like it was really awesome how like this character had this amazing emotional arc that yeah. finally like tied up cleanly. Yeah. And it would just be like a photo of like a character who like had their head blown off inexplicably.
0: <laughs> um and uh and well, I I thought that was really uh really special. We were actually discussing this last night because we were talking a little bit about how this was the first time we've stayed in a hotel room together since sad boys died, at least in LA specifically. Okay. Um, And so much has changed since then Particularly the placement of the show And the number of people that listen to it consistently And what it made me think of Which we discussed was The show has very recently Stopped being ours Mm -hmm. For a long time This was a thing I did with my friend Jarvis It was a fun way to exercise our comedy and emotional muscles And it was a nice bit of accountability creatively Mm -hmm. We kept ourselves accountable Jarvis is flexing his editing Mm -hmm. muscles I'm writing dumb things that I share on the show It's just a nice shared collective creative space And then maybe in the last seven episodes or so as, as the listener ramped up considerably the listener count i would not be able to suddenly say actually now the show's this i could just go like mm, yeah. now. i want it to be a fiction podcast or now i want it to be an advice show because the thing the show is currently is owned by the listeners right like as soon as we take that away from them we don't take them with us the show is gone yeah the the, the shared experience the shared fandom you know people more than are going to write fan fiction about us you can shit me in Jarvis far away. <laughs> I got no problem. With I'm that. sure.
2: I'm sure that'll come in its time. Oh, school. Yeah.
0: Uh.
2: RP thick is a really real person. Thick is a is a big RP thick. RPF, Yeah, it's oh a big section of the of the internet.
0: You have such an impressive lexicon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I so
0: is it mostly acronyms? <laughs> Sounds like it a lot is. of acronyms.
2: Um, I, I want to hear about Jarvis's beginnings with fandom. Oh yeah. Um, but then yeah, I have, I have some thoughts about about that.
1: I honestly feel like my fandom. Is the same thing as my appreciation of the art now. Like mm. I, I cannot. It is very hard for me to appreciate something in a vacuum. I, I sign up for the whole community. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I'm that way with music. I like can't. If if there's an artist, like for example, um, a lot of like the SoundCloud rappers that like are are really big right now, who like glorify lean and like doing all these drugs and having all these. You know, it's just like a lifestyle that I don't identify with, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people can just be like, I like this music, mm-hmm. and for yeah. me, I can't. Oh, for me, it's like I I have to identify with the lived experience being expressed, and not identify with it in terms of like having it, but in terms of like this is a world that I want to get to know. This is yeah. a this is a way that I want to expand my
0: understanding of the world. I, this rapper, this this story is set in Westeros, and I want to learn about Westeros.
1: Right, right, right. And uh, I I think back to like my experiences with. With art. and I have a lot of the similar sort of beats that that you all were talking about. So <sighs> television like so so television was big, video games were big, podcasts were big, TV shows were big. And all of that stuff uh, in, in in books specifically Harry Potter, mm-hmm. all of that stuff like, um, goes deep. Um, for, for every single thing. So if I was into a band, I like watched all of their supplementary material. Mm -hmm. I would go to their shows. Mm -hmm. I would like know all the members of the band. I would know all of the, like the crew, the people who are involved, the people they're working with, who they're collaborating with, what that community, like I was sort of building this like broader, uh, map of the community. Um, and I was that way for like this band called The Cab, and for like Fallout oh, Boy. Oh man, I and remember The Cab. Re- really? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like Fallout Boy and Panic of the Disco. Like the reason oh, yeah. that part of the reason was that the community around them was mm-hmm. a community. Uh, like I don't know what the Radiohead community looks like. It's probably fine, but there was something about like the 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 way the people in the community were people who I wanted to be friends with, the yeah. people who I like wanted to be around. Yeah. Um. And then you kind of like my the things that shape me as a person now are those communities that I was in. So like RuneScape, I uh I was in I played RuneScape a lot, I listened to Runescape Podcasts, I submitted questions to RuneScape Podcasts, was in the forums, learned how to make uh learned Photoshop to make forum signatures for the forums. Um uh oh while being the coolest kid at school. Yeah 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 <laughs> uh, or or like um or lost like I got super into lost and that was a great example of like oh we have a nine month break between the seasons. Mm-hmm. How am I gonna supplement this and it's like well I listen to a ton of podcasts that are theorizing about it because it helps me stay inside of the world you know like it's the content itself is really just filling in more of the picture yeah. But but we are still like the community is taking a step back from the picture and talking about it and trying to like figure out where it's going. Mm-hmm. And and that it made me feel so a part of something. Yeah. And in that that's like uh, that's always been like a really meaningful, uh, meaningful thing for me. And like Harry Potter was a similar way. Vlogbrothers, like when I got into YouTube and
0: stuff. Is that, there anything that, that, community. You, that you've dove into with the same level of enthusiasm and obsession in maybe the last year? Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh,
1: So, like, Hamilton is a great example of a modern thing for me because I I didn't know that I still had the capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because there's,
0: like, this... Literally the free time. (laughs) 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 Like, it's a lot of work (laughs) to be that into something.
1: Well, yeah, so it's, like, um, there is this uh, youthful exuberance to... Um, being a member of a, of a fandom and it's like you you the way that the way that I engage is very different mm. than I, I once did. But I didn't know that I still had it in me to absorb something the way that I did with Hamilton. And it was so it spoke to me so instantly. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, uh, hearing all the fuss right about Hamilton and then going, well, I'm not really into musical theater Uh, uh, at least all that much. Like, not that I'm going to drop everything and, like, listen to this thing, even though it's, like, supposed to be really popular. But, um oh also weird fandom thing of mine I just get deeply into the things that I'm into so like late night television and like Saturday Night Live okay, like yeah. I was like very into the Conan O'Brien's and then and then the Jimmy Fallon's are coming through late night and and, and, and the Roots joining like late night and, and Saturday Night Live and the arcs of all these characters and the people and where they come from and where they go to and uh on, <laughs> <laughs> where,
0: where they're coming from where they're going where did you come from where did you go <laughs> Um oh, no. and, and that stuck in your head for five forever. years.
1: <laughs> so, uh, the reason that I listened to Hamilton, it's everything is connected. Uh, I think that that's like my main thesis here. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I listened to Hamilton is because I saw the track list for the Hamilton mixtape, which was produced by uh, yeah. the Roots and had the Roots on it, and I was like. Okay, this is a world that I feel a part of. And so because I like try to engage in the things, like I'm a fan of few things, I optimize for depth, I think over over breadth. Mm. And so yeah. and so in that I'm just so more much more deeply connected to to all of the individual things that I'm into. So when when the roots collaborate with somebody, I'm like, "Oh, this is like my world expanding. This is like mm. a crossover episode, you know?" And I saw that they, and then I learned, oh, they produced the original Broadway cast recording and the mixtape doesn't come out yet. Hold on. (laughs) Let me just go listen to that. Mm. And then I remember it. Like, I remember where I was sitting. I was in my kitchen. I play it. I start walking into work. Before I get down the stairs of my like apartment, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is is a thing like <laughs> I get it now this i immediately was like oh i'm in i'm in and and then i was like i want to i want to hear where this goes i'm yeah this, i like don't like the first song i'm like i'm bought in like and then the second song i was like hold the fucking phone because because <laughs> the, the the reason that hamilton was so so immediately aligned with me was you know the entry point was like oh uh quest love <laughs> produced this cool uh but the The thing that hooked me was that the influences and the world that Lin-Manuel Miranda comes from is... other than the the musical theater part, which I didn't have that background, mm-hmm. he was in freestyle, Love Supreme. He did videos with College Humor. He's obsessed with like the old school hip hop that I was obsessed yeah, with. Not only is
0: it a narrative that you can get like bought into, but it's one that you share ninety percent of. It's
1: it's like the the friend that you grew up with made a thing where it's <laughs> yeah. an homage to the shit that you both like. Yeah, and that's like what was in it for me. Well, and
2: I think because Lin Manuel Miranda is. So clearly a fan himself. Such a fan. And I think of those people who have such enthusiasm and passion for the art that has shaped them are really good at at creating art that then is influential and shapes other people. Like for me, the entry point with Hamilton, I, I was very fortunate in that i saw hamilton the week the soundtrack came out
3: whoa so it's like
2: my i was happened to be in new york and um it was it had, you know opened i think maybe six weeks you know before then
0: you had woken so up inside like... the theater after a yeah. long night
2: <laughs> <laughs> and my, <Richard> parents, Rogers. <laughs> my parents are big broadway people and so they were like oh you're home we want to see the show it's supposed to be really really good it was at the public for a while you know yeah, we're yeah. gonna go see it and then like that like three days later, the soundtrack dropped, and it was just like the biggest thing in the world. So, but I went in with like no preconceived notions. Right. right. And everybody in the theater had never heard it before. This like
1: modest production that, right. that seems to be getting some uh, picking up some steam. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like for you?
2: Exceptional. I mean, it, it is. It. I remember sort of sitting. I, I was crying by the end of the first number just because it, it was the way that it was staged was sort of like a beautiful kind of portrait of America just in that very first is,
1: number. Yeah. The I've. I saw Hamilton after I'd listened and internalized the soundtrack. Yeah, deeply, right? I knew every word to everything. Yeah, the visual of seeing it, tears.
2: Yeah, well, and and uh, I was a music major in college, and um, one of the papers that I wrote, the, the biggest paper I wrote in college, was about. Um, Historical narrative in uh, 20th century American musical theater and how you tell a history through musical theater.
1: Oh wow! And
2: I also went to school in Colonial Williamsburg, which
1: is right, right. So it's like in Hamilton is like yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, in the 1700s. It's still the, stuck in the world. Uh, 1778, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: <laughs> if you couldn't tell, I've never seen any of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. And for the longest time, it has been on the bucket list. It's something mm-hmm. that I'm interested in seeing. I hold no ill will against it. I'm a little over by the cult but now that that's sure. died down a little bit it sounds like it feels like the right time for me to finally dive into yeah. something yeah, yeah, yeah. that seems relatively tailor-made for me and oddly enough Jarvis's point just prior to that I think is finally crystallizing why I haven't done it yet mm. and it's because I only want to listen to Hamilton if it's the thing I'm obsessed with for six months right uh, and there's two hesitations around that one the community that I would be doing that in collaboration with is already so many steps ahead of me right. that I, I have like so much uh, prep to do it'd be like uh, like sometimes we jam at the office, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I joined Patreon, I wasn't very talented at improvising musically. Again, still not that much, but I can on drums, so now I play drums with people. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like at this point, I don't even know how to play an instrument. I don't even right. know what the frame of reference is for talking about right. Hamilton. And part two is... There are things I'm very, very passionate about right now that take up pretty much all of my RAM.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. spent yeah. on
0: those things. And my I think my issue is is that a lot of people have assumed that I don't want to watch Hamilton due to some sort of reservations about musical theater or rap or Lin-Manuel Miranda or whatever. And it's literally just... I also have never watched um, The Godfather Part Two. Right, I love right, The Godfather right. Part One, and yeah. I know when I watch Part Two, I'm going to be thinking about it for like four days. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just need to allot four days at some point. Yeah, to I, I totally get that. I, I get mean, that. Yeah, because
2: when you're a, when you're a huge fan of something, it does take up so much emotional energy. And I mean, I I have friends recommending me things all the time when they're like, "You're absolutely going to love this," and I'm like yeah listen i know but like i'm deep in the trenches <laughs> yeah. of this other thing right now i don't have enough
1: love to give <laughs> exactly it's i like, agree
2: it's like, <laughs> i know it's, it's like almost like your friend being like i want to set you up with this person you're like okay yeah but i'm actually in a relationship right now yeah. so i can't no 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 but you Wait, don't understand. you're saying yeah. you perfect love them for you, for you.
1: Uh, you're gonna uh,
2: love them and it's so, like let me let me see this relationship uh, out first <laughs> so, so two
1: things um jordan definitely no pressure on the hamilton stuff but we've floated the idea of doing a completely separate episode. On Hamilton, uh, which you know, just from this discussion, feels like something that could bear fruit, um, where. Jordan listens to Hamilton for the first time, and we talk about it. Uh, if you would be interested in that, definitely let us know. Yeah, we will put that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll put it somewhere. Ham boys. Um, and, Ham boys. And the second thing I wanted to say is that from you know what we've all said so far, it feels like fandom serves this purpose of like connecting us mm-hmm. and connecting our experience to to something else it like we've got all these like tendrils and we've got all these like feelers that are out in the world that g- are grown from our experience And fandom allows us to like latch some of those into something and like sort of engage in a way that uh, we didn't know was available to us.
2: And I think it can also help for me at least contextualize some of my own like emotions and thoughts about things. Like one of my best friends, Megan, um, is a friend that I know through fandom and we're both huge fans of of lots of different things. And we there's some overlap, but there is certain things that she's really into that I'm not into and vice versa. Right. And we are also both. Writers and sort of you know are Constantly thinking about story and character in in that Way as well right and so we talk Through like you know when we saw Infinity where we like had a long conversation about it afterwards and the things that we liked and we didn't like and, and what have you. And it's been really interesting and in sort of two years of friendship with her to see the things that are consistent with us. And yeah. we've kind of come up with like trope names that are like, she's into that thing and this is my thing. Yeah. And every time we're like consuming a new piece of media and we start to break it down, we're like, oh yeah. And there's my thing again. There's your thing again. That's right. the thing that you like and that I like. And it's just... Really interesting to sort of see how m- even my own personality plays out in the media that I like and the things that I connect with in that media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know that that's something I would have discovered on my own unless I was, like, having those conversations with other fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's it's... I mean, like any other creative dialect... What you consume is in and of itself A way of expressing yourself I yeah. think a lot of the time people make the assumption that To create is your way of communicating right? Right. It has to be outward for it to be communication right. But if you self identify as the world's Biggest Harry Potter fan There are certain connotations and assumptions I can make about your personality type As a result totally. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing If I say to you that I really don't like Hamilton What I'm doing is performing as a version of somebody That doesn't like all of the things affiliated Right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I do that with Video game culture in some cases mm-hmm. Right. I identify as a fan of certain games and a staunch advocate against other games yes. because I think it speaks to the version of myself that I want you to think that I am. Right.
3: Well,
2: and even identifying as a fan, I think, is something that it's only been that, that I've only personally felt okay with doing in the past couple of years. Like, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Like you vocally. know, when I was reading, yeah, when I was reading fan fiction in high school, I wasn't telling a single soul right. about it. You know, and then it sort of fell off. And in high school, and I got or in a college, and I got back into it, sort of late college, and then I moved out here and I met a friend. Who we sort of discovered early on in our friendship That we both were into fandom things And it sort of, that was the first person where it's like we would get Drinks every couple of weeks and I would sort of pour out all of my fandom (laughs) stuff on her and now I've been opened up through her and and through some other people to a larger world of of fandom and now it's something that I like wear proudly but for a while it felt kind of like a dirty secret That's the
0: cool thing about being an adult is that when you're a kid or especially an adolescent, every single person is doing their best to be one version of people
2: Yes. Everybody is
0: trying to be the cool person that Mm -hmm. doesn't care, is not obsessed with anything and gets whatever they want That's like everything, you, you dress a certain Way because you think it will inform that perception of you. Yeah. You say certain things that will inform that perception of you. Everybody's trying to be Tony Stark. Yeah. Nobody's trying yeah. to be anything else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get to like 2021 20, and you find other people that are like, my favorite's Ant-Man And you're like Wait what Is that I, loud? I also really like Ant-Man And then suddenly <laughs> Wait, yeah. you start Building a community of Ant-Man fans And yeah. all of a sudden Ant-Man is everybody's favorite thing You're reading Ant-Man fan fiction Because who cares <laughs> yeah. You're only performing yourself yep. You're finding a way to express The version of yourself You actually are As opposed to the 20 odd years You spend trying to perform To a version you've been told Is the right version. Exactly I identify with that so much
1: Like even with something As simple as like the bands that you're into. Mm -hmm. I was very embarrassed to be into Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco when I was in middle school and and in high school and I continued to, to listen and be a fan of that, but I didn't have an outlet it was very personal. It was very like, so I'm just going to be over here and like not, I'm not going to talk to anybody right. about this, but I personally like think it's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, when like Jay-Z was, did the opener for <laughs> fall out boys, like 2007 album infinity on high. And I was like, this is important. <laughs> uh, uh, or I like really identify with like the moody lyrics that like Pete Wentz <laughs> used to contribute to the band. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any recent fall out boy albums, but they are not the same. <laughs> uh,
0: lyrics, is pretty charitable <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but uh th- only in recent years like for example uh lauren tweeted about Panic at the Disco, and then I was like, "Oh shit, dog! Like, let me jump into a text thread about yeah. this because uh, I. I we
2: need to figure out if we're seeing them in August. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah, uh, I need to make sure that it doesn't conflict with my friend's wedding. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, because
0: I know. will go to the gig, <laughs>
1: I just don't want to give myself that choice. Yeah. Um, it's like, look, I'm already dating someone, uh, <laughs> so uh, that like my wedding there's so much (laughs) there's so much comfort in being able to be your true self and not be this like bottled up version of like anxiety of like trying to you know make sure that you you toggle things such that your external um performance of yourself is in line with like what you think people want
2: yeah like panic i feel like is a great example for me just because i i saw them I, i was reflecting on this maybe with you the other day through text um we were talking about it that i saw a panic go in it was freshman year of high school for me so it was like 2000 2005, Brittany Murray was 18 years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: this yeah. <laughs> was like such a dynamic performer. And then, the, you know, they, they kept making albums and stuff and it kind of became like pop punk sort of went out of fashion and I was also becoming the insufferable music hipster that I was in sort of late <laughs> high school, early college. Yeah. Yes. Which,
0: thank God, you were able to escape. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> You've become the approachable, accessible <laughs> the Approachable
2: and yet still insufferable music hipster. <laughs> um, and now I'm... I, and I sort of... I went through this thing of like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, panic is... You know it's fun like yeah i still like listening to it whereas now i'm like no panic is still making good music yeah, like, yeah, objectively yeah. their albums are good yeah, and i will yeah. defend them and yeah. they're still for 10 years they've been no for 15 years they've been one of my it, favorite bands and
1: it's like there, yeah there's so much like there's a lot of subjectivity in music big surprise uh <laughs> and i think that like people use that uh i think that people use their taste to put down others yeah. in with with subjective things like oh you like that movie mm-hmm. well it's bad yeah so. well, that's
0: another thing you escape as you age ideally yeah, 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 yeah. ideally you, because you're not in that environment where everybody's striving to be tony stark right. you yeah. begin to move into an environment where nobody's really sure what you're supposed to be right. so it just reduces the chance that they're going to criticize you for the way you are because well, what adolescence is it's not even like criticizing that you like the band or that the band is bad right. they're just like that's the wrong one
2: exactly and you are wrong for thinking you're, it. you're
0: having the wrong feelings yeah yeah. Um I have a little flip side question for the crew. Yes. To close us out. We're feeling we we going to get a little bit negative. Oh, oh boy. No. You ready to go a little negative? Let's do it. I mention it because I have a number of these, and I'm sure the two of you do as well. Yes. What, I don't know fandoms, know what the answer is, but I <laughs> I guarantee it's on board. Yes. I'll sign it in blood. Uh what fandoms have you belonged to in the past and maybe still dabble in? That
2: have
3: some oh.
0: problematic elements or, or, or yeah, have revealed themselves to be not necessarily the best people, projects, whatever.
2: Okay, so there is this, there is this author who I was on a panel with at Emerald City Comic Con like a year and a half ago. And oh. then I started following on Twitter. His name is Sam Sykes. He's, and yeah, he's an excellent Twitter to follow. Um, and he <laughs> has this tweet of the like six stages of toxic fandom. And it's sort of like, I like this. I love this. I own this, I hate this, I must destroy this. And I don't know if I'm getting those exactly right, but it's essentially that progression. And I don't know, I think my biggest fandom that I have, my sort of longest standing and most consistent fandom that I'm a part of is the fandom fandom.
1: Uh-huh. I find.
2: And that's what... I had a YouTube channel for like three years that was called According to Tumblr and I tried to explain TV shows based off their Tumblr tag.
1: Still such a great
0: concept. <laughs> Thank you bring, bring it back immediately.
2: Um, Once and, the
0: last Bright Sessions episode jumps, <laughs> little plug at the end. Yeah, please get <laughs> to right. And back to YouTube, gang.
2: Um, and because I really find fandom as a construct and sort of as a community on its own very interesting. And I don't know of a fandom that has been around for a number of years that has not soured at least somewhat. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that just eventually sort of it's, you know, the snake eats its own tail. I think yeah. for me, I was... I, the thing that actually got me back into reading fan fiction in college was BBC's Sherlock, which not is really? in of itself a fan fiction. Absolutely, yeah. But that was... It's so funny because I, I literally wrote a paper... Um, after the, uh, I wrote a lot of papers about uh, things that I was a fan of in college, and I took this great class called Engendering Crime, where we talked about uh, crime di- or gender dynamics in crime fiction. And I wrote a paper about um, sexuality in Sherlock Holmes, and I it was a comparison of the original stories, the um, R D J movies, and Elementary, and sort of how these different things approach um, Sherlock Holmes sexuality in a different way. And my sort of conclusion was like, I you know he's sort of in the original canon a non-sexual, non-romantic person. And then in the RDJ, they try to make him um they sort of have this like homoromantic relationship with Watson and and Holmes, but then he it, you know falls in love with Rachel McAdams. And then in elementary, he is heterosexual and has sort of this bro relationship with female watson and sort of mm. the interesting gender and sexuality dynamics that exist there and then maybe see sherlock came out and i was like oh these guys are in love <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know what's happening here i don't normally ship these characters but in this context they're in love and that's what got me back into into fic and that's also i think a fandom that maybe eventually soured me on the show itself oh yeah because mm. the fandom Eventually, there's still some wonderful pockets, and there's still some really, really great fan art and great fanfic, but it just sort of became this this very aggressive place. What else yeah. is
0: a bit of toxic?
2: Um, there's, I mean, as with a lot of things, there are sort of sh- the ship wars. So there are the shippers and the anti's, and you know, if you are an anti Holmes Watson shipper, John Locke is the is the ship name. Um, then you kind of like you are constantly in hostile territory if you don't ship that. And then it's like... If you,
0: oh, I see. You know? And yeah. and,
2: and there's all this um, constant, like, picking a part of the show and meta. And I think that some of that has value. And I do think that um, uh, Steve Moffat is... Like one of the more misogynistic writers who's been given the opportunity to do interesting things with women and has just squandered them.
0: Yeah, he's a um, what is it? Oh, a hack. He's a hack. <laughs> he's That's a good. hack the the writer word. that yeah. can't write. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. And I and I actually really disliked the final season of Sherlock for not fandom reasons at all, and purely for for structure and character reasons. It's um, just a bad. It's just season. a bad season television. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just the the sort of like constant judgment of of each other's fandom, I think, sure. is something that I find. W- sort of unbearably toxic of like okay i am a fan of this and i expect you to be a fan of this in the same way that i am and if you're not then i don't want to talk to you and the, the thing i love about fandom is that you can express your fan fandom in whatever way you want to express it
0: it's just so paradoxical like it the is. reason that this community exists is because there is this single prescriptive version of events and then there is the free world the free land where exactly. we do whatever we want and we play and we explore it's like stop playing wrong. The sandcastle's bad. Well,
2: right, and that's like the word fanon is like fan canon and it it's, Oh
0: my another one. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm full of these.
2: And that in certain fandoms that carries a lot of weight of like, oh, like the fanon, fanon is yeah. this way and it's But you're absolutely right. You're sort of limiting the playground that you have. Right.
0: You, you as a fan, you're only allowed to deviate on the existing fanon. So it's established that Holmes and Watson are in a relationship, for example. Right. And you can also write that maybe there's a third party. that sure. you But that it but has to exist that those two are in love. Right?
2: Exactly. And, I, you know, I'm sure there are lots of great pockets of the Sherlock fandom still. But I just, as somebody, even just an observer who wasn't wading into these discussions, just found myself exhausted even watching them happen. <laughs> that I eventually unfollowed all the tumblers that I was fo- un- yeah. you know, following. And I stopped reading fic. And I just got, I just got tired.
1: yeah, yeah. That was yeah.
2: probably my most recent one.
1: That's yeah, that's super interesting. For me, um Sad Boys. <laughs> it's, it's done. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: I mean the Sad Boys fandom is Disillusion. <laughs> terribly toxic
1: already. <laughs> um I think that there's a lot I don't know if this is like a broad fandom, but it is certainly a community of like people who are fans of like hip hop and, mu- and music and stuff. Yeah. I uh, that's one place where I I maybe have individuals that I connect with about things, but it is very hard for me to engage in the community at large because of how much their uh people are pitting artists against one another mm-hmm. uh and that's like not like can these people not just like express their truths
0: or whatever um the soundcloud rapper space in particular could be pretty volatile
1: <laughs> uh yeah i don't even know what that like that situation is like but for me it's just uh for example i like j cole uh and the reason that i like j cole is uh for the reason that i like a lot of people uh i like his story and i like where like he's also like problematic in a lot of ways like i don't think he's um leveled up his he's he like sort of co-opted the like uh, I'm, I'm a rapper so I can like talk about women in a certain way uh, mm-hmm. and then ha- hasn't sort of elevated his dialogue even though he yeah. like positions himself as like a conscious like type type rapper so I think that's a, a missed opportunity that's like one an issue for me like listening to the music sometimes but uh, oftentimes I'm like conflicted between suspending my like disbelief to, to enjoy the thing and like sort of being bogged down in uh, sort of the cultural uh, aspects that propagate like that that behavior um but anyway like the reason i'm a fan of him is that like he has a background that i really identify with like he's half black he's half white he grew up poor he moved to new york To like make it big But he didn't do it Without a plan Because he didn't have A money safety net So he like went to school In New York To get himself to New York And he like went on scholarship And he did well in school So he like doesn't fit The normal mold Of like Kanye West Who was like affluent already And like dropped out of college Because that was a privilege That he had Or like the um Or like the Little Waynes Who like get uh, Discovered in like a bad Like in a bad neighborhood Or whatever And then are like Sort of taken under the wing Of somebody who like Develops them as an artist Uh or like the drakes who were like uh affluent like the whole time right um and and were already like working actors and like didn't even consider going to college in the first place (laughs) uh and uh like so his story was something that i really identified with and i like i do enjoy the music he makes uh but i think that the community at some point decided that they hated him Mm. and he like became a meme in the
0: community and it's it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy and it
1: in it, it like just, it's really weird because I don't like people are like, Oh, he's boring or whatever and then there's like a meme of like him going like double plied him with no features. Uh uh, which it just like uh I just don't understand like there's just so much hate for him. Uh and, and I think it, for some people, like um the needle drop uh specifically, mm-hmm. it, it's not he, himself. he doesn't he doesn't hate him, but uh he sort of encapsulates this um this feeling of like disappointment or like missed opportunity Mm. for him, which I identify with the most, right? Like, so I actually identify with his opinion the most. What I don't identify is with people who like, people are just like, just take that opinion off the shelf. Like, Oh, I'm just going to be negative about this. Do I listen to the music? No. And then when I listen to it, I like go into it thinking it's going to be, uh, it's going to be
0: bad. Yeah, this is going to save me so much time. Yeah, yeah. If and I already like, believe this. And,
1: and so for me, it's like annoying because I actually connected with the stuff and I feel dismissed mm. a lot of times by right. the community that um like sours that. And, and that's what's most annoying to me about like communities in general is when people try to take away from like ran on others parades, essentially.
2: Yeah, because it, it invalidates your emotions, which is like a sucky thing to have happen. And it's it's it,
0: fanon. <laughs> it's the same fan. It's the same type of human being. Yeah. It's yeah. somebody that only finds personal validation in de-validation. Like, yes, like exactly. Like value and and validation is a zero sum game. Right. And yeah. if somebody has the wrong opinion, your opinion values less. It's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. the case. No. Yeah. And
1: so yeah, that's 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 my answer. How about you, Jordan?
0: I'm really wrestling with it, man. There's a lot of a lot of potential options. I mean, a really obvious one would be love for the video game art and disdain for the industry sure that's, that's a difficult um dichotomy that I've, I've felt for many years but at the same time i feel relatively separated from that like i don't really i'm not really an active fan of video games as far as the uh, conversation goes mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of friends in the press and affiliated with it that write about games and some that make them And I'm allowed to kind of live vicariously through that. But I don't go on forums. I don't get involved in dialogues. I very rarely talk about it, even on this show. It's just like a thing I enjoy in the background. Right. One that might be a little closer is that uh, I really love a certain set of Let's Play channels. A set of video game Mm -hmm. Let's Play channels. I don't watch many of them these days just because they're like a high time cost, low calorie experience. (laughs) Not a lot of like... Creative artistic fiber in those. They're very
1: background friendly. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's atmospheric entertainment, which is. fine, but in yeah. most cases these days, if I need something stimulating, like, my lizard brain while I do some kind of menial task, it's going to be a podcast, or it's going to be something yeah. where at least right. absorbing long-term learnings, you know, something yeah. beneficial. Yeah. It's, it, it is denser than a Let's Play.
1: I'm exactly. comfortable saying that Absolutely. about podcasts.
0: And it's uh, this sort of uh, empty calorie entertainment is valuable, but I, I see less and less of it. But there are two channels that I watch pretty consistently, um, and of those two channels, and many more that I tend to dabble in,
3: they're...
0: <sighs> There's a lot of leaning towards pretty problematic comedy. And the thing is with problematic comedy is that personally I have no problem with it. I still find it funny. And we have talked about on this show... Uh, maybe only a few episodes ago In Hard Questions That nothing is beyond joking about it It's yeah. completely feasible My issue the, the thing that I struggle with Is that I know A huge portion of this fan base Are young kids Especially right. on the channels that I watch Right, also, like, right Funhouse I'm a huge fan of Funhouse I think It's a fucking hysterical channel They aim a little older Than the typical Let's Play channel mm-hmm. It's usually, you know 15, 25 kind of age But a lot of their jokes Are like misogynistic And a lot right. of their, Occasionally it'll be like Racially or stereotype Themed humour The kid is on board. I think that's hysterical and I cry laughing every single time. But it's very difficult for me to want to engage with that community when I know that a huge portion of it are impressionable young kids yeah. that will take a lot of it at face value. Um, I sometimes feel myself being pulled between two very distinct demographics, which is like scumbag online meme boy sure. and then cuck SJW, <laughs> there's like two versions of Jordan Cope that you can buy at the store yeah. <laughs> and like one of them is ultra aware of gender dynamics and, uh, and uh, sexual identity and, and, and mm-hmm. wanting to be as uh, passionate and empathic as possible. And the other one genuinely thinks it's kind of funny when somebody doesn't act of another race. <laughs> like well, because
2: you can separate... Like, you are old enough and aware enough of the world to be able to separate the the sort of comedy from the message behind it. Yeah,
0: and if I felt like I'm hanging out with the people from a fun house or a whatever, then totally, I'm on board, haha, goofs and right. gaffs. And it doesn't necessarily affect my enjoyment of the content, but it limits me from wanting to go to, say, a live show, or it limits me from wanting to go to a meetup. It's, like, not an environment right. I would want to place myself inside of. Right. Whereas, uh, like, my brother and my brother and me... Definitely ascribes to that other version of Jordan Cove. Yes. I went along to their live show order in pod- PodCon. Yeah. And the entire time I was surrounded by people like dressed up in cute little outfits and <laughs> having fun nice. conversations about gender identity. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> this is wholesome and safe. Yeah. And nobody's getting hurt. At the very least, people are getting questioned and then maybe yeah. they're exploring. But it, it's not coming from a place of conflict.
1: so i think this has all been great um fandom is Gotta like disagree on that one all like, right well yeah. i don't know Fan- fandom i think has been really important uh, uh to me and my development and i look forward to like the fandoms that come along in the future you know yeah me now, too. perhaps it will be hamilton <laughs> who knows yeah. it's time um
0: for you know what it's time for it's time for lauren to sing the theme to pen pals,
2: pen pals wow
0: pretty concise yeah
2: <laughs>
1: pretty short themes yeah, from yeah no it's it's actually quite impressive how much you can communicate with such a short message i do think we should like have some fun little musical bits for all the segments
0: um we've just found them so <laughs> would you like to read this
1: would you like me to read this oh that, that would be amazing so yeah so happy to. uh first um pen pals is a segment Where we hear from you, the
0: listener. You specifically, and you know who you are. Yeah, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) One Dan. We're watching you, Dan. Um. So to explain a little bit about Pen Pals, aka pen Pals. Uh, pen Pals is a You're segment welcome. that we do every single week. Where and last week we did a whole episode about. It's true. Uh, where fans and listeners of the podcast, which I consider to be, to be two independent things.
1: <laughs> uh, there are people
0: who people. have to listen. <laughs> yeah. Obligatory listeners. Oh, someone actually told me
1: that they were listening to music and then in their up next on their iTunes, our podcast started yes. playing, which is a situation what? we described going to a party and doing on purpose <laughs> if
0: uh, you're a real fan of the show you should put it on a party. but their message
1: to me was now i
0: didn't listen
1: <laughs> because <laughs> i wasn't in the mood to
0: <laughs> i was in a good mood I-, I didn't want to be brought down yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but- is yeah. a weekly segment where we get messages from our fans and listeners and they send all sorts of thoughts ideas references to previous episodes topic ideas anything's welcome we read them all we reply to as many as we can and our favorites end up on the show and are read by guests if guests are around
2: here i am i'm around all right. So this is an email from Sage with the mm. subject line, you're appreciated.
0: Wait, there's a first name, Sage? Yeah. That's dope. That's a cool name. That's it's a, a, a great name. name.
2: Dear boys, with a Z. Very nice to end, Sage. Very
0: oh, consistent. <laughs> That's good.
2: I didn't think I would write in, but after your episode on relationships, I realized how much the pod has improved my quality of life. I'm currently a freshman in college, and I spend most of my time studying. It's always been difficult for me to connect with people in a way that I find meaningful, which has recently been amplified by my fear of not succeeding academically.
1: Oh, that's very Aww, real. That's so real.
2: I found my way to the pod by stumbling across one of Jarvis's YouTube videos, and it's become something I look forward to every week. Superficially, the pod is a way I feel involved in witty banter, but I gain the most value from hearing you out yourselves. and EP in the fullest, it has been Yay. enormously validating to hear you boys confess so many feelings I identify with. I can't tell you how much it's meant to hear you openly discuss things as seemingly insignificant as sometimes being forgetful to grappling with self-worth and depression. Especially for someone considering computer science, you fit the archetype of success that so many people in my position aspire. To. It can be easy to forget what's real sometimes and lose yourself imagining the effortlessly fulfilling lives other people must lead. Thank you for keeping it real in a way that shows not even the boys have it all figured
1: out, and that's all right.
0: Sage, damn! <laughs> I know! I, that I, is I, a beautifully I written letter. had not read that. I hadn't heard I, a word. And
1: Jordan that... hadn't read it. I read it to a friend of mine, and they literally, literally teared up.
2: That is gorgeous. That was
1: so sweet. It's yeah. so oh, nice. Crap. It's
2: so nice. Oh,
1: and I. That's just – it's such a special message, um, and it meant a lot to me to read that. And I I, – thank you so much, Lauren, for reading it. Thanks for Uh, having me. It was beautiful. And I – yeah, no, I wanted to share it uh, uh, with Jordan. I wanted to share it with you all because none of us have it figured out, for one. Yeah. And –
0: Not even close. Not (laughs) even even close.
1: And and it's just – yeah, I think that we can get hung up on – this like external picture of success that mm-hmm. doesn't really include any of the work that's happening behind the scenes or the mm-hmm. the struggles that are happening um, behind the scenes. There's like this great graphic of an iceberg. Mm-hmm um there's a comic lauren showed me today that's like success and it's like this huge iceberg and it's like cool success and then under that it's like depression you know like not feeling good <laughs> yeah. enough Supporting failures, yeah, yeah yeah failures and it's just like all of those things i think we try so hard as a society to
0: pass as successful that we hide all of that stuff that lies below the surface. Mm-hmm. I think the implication generally when people talk about their own success in a like not-so-sincere way when it's performative success mm-hmm. is that success is mutually exclusive from the issues that can lead to Right. Yeah. Depression, etc., etc., and that's just not the case at all. Like that's that's a little bit like saying I ate a meal, so I never need to drink water. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's all like composite pieces making the full human being. Right. And Sage, I'm sorry that you are worried about your academic prospects. I think you're gonna kick ass. I don't know anything about you, but you seem like an intelligent and articulate person. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. That
1: that writing was on point, and it seems like your priorities are really good. Um, if I could prescribe you anything, it would be make sure that the the focus on your studies isn't taking away from other things in relationships that you value. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to give those time because at the end of the day, uh, that's what what you're going to remember. And I mean, to a certain degree, and I think that you'll take take this as you will. But um, you we all strive for for balance and and. When things are too
0: out of whack, it can it can lead to to wonky results. Yeah. Find whatever your thing is that is rejuvenative.
2: Yeah. And if you're a freshman in college and you're already thinking and engaging with these things, then you're on the right track. Oh, oh you're sure. ahead of the pack. Sure, you're, you're f- way ahead so of the pack. So far track. ahead of the pack.
0: Quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Much love to Sage. Big <gasps> thumbs up. Much love to Sage. If, uh, I
1: mean, no pressure, uh, but if you would like to um, write in or send us an audio message, that we'll uh, read or play and comment on on the show. And We're,
0: inevitably be the second best message we've ever received. Because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that no, was out of control. Like no no, pressure, we, yeah. that. Um, but we see. But that I mean, this is a great example. Like we see this external success at a pen pals message. We don't know the struggle. Yeah. We only We only know the surface of like the struggle that went into even getting to the point of writing that message. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. write in and the first thing they say is like, I you know, never saw myself as someone who would write into a show like this or I never do this, but I felt like I had to say something. Mm-hmm. There's that overcoming that makes me really proud that we have in some way
0: inspired people sort of over these like barriers. Um just to be the forum where people can push their limits is fine with me. Same. It, it somewhat speaks to the quality of the podcast, but in most cases, I find it just speaks to the quality of the individual that yeah. they've, for whatever reason, been able to surmount the fear of sending that message. Yeah. It's, hey, it's all on you, Sage. We didn't do shit.
1: And we're, yeah, we're the instruments, right? And the music is mm. this experience that we all share um, and that isn't being talked about enough. Big thumbs yeah. up to Sage. Yeah.
0: We I dedicate this episode to Sage. Yes. Use the power to be academically successful. Thirded, if that's a thing I can say. <laughs> thirded?
1: <laughs> it just sounds wrong. It does
3: sound You make weird. Thirded?
1: Thirded. Um, that's like a... I was going to make an Ender's Game reference, but we don't like Orson Scott yeah. Card
0: yeah he's alive
1: i let that recently.
0: god 100 thought he was dead
1: all right so if you um are inspired by sage to share your story with us um via you know writing a message on twitter at sad boys pod or sending us an email at sad at gmail dot com or even going to sad dot com to send in a thing feel free so to do many so many options there are I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Speak right.
0: it on the wind, it'll find its way to us. I'll smoke signal. Say Justin Sit. three times in a mirror and I shall appear. Yeah,
1: I no, I think we decided in a previous episode that one of us
0: appears. But it's not <laughs> no, clear no, no, which flip. Yeah,
1: the magician that dictates that rule still can't tell us apart. So it's really yeah. whichever is closest.
0: God, that'd be so disappointing if somebody does it three times, one of us appears, and they go now. <laughs> oh, you? Okay. Oh, no, uh, I have something for the other one. Oh dang. I wanted um, Lauren. <laughs>
1: Your homework uh, for this episode of Sad Boys is just to let us know what fandoms that you've been a part of, or what fandoms have been important to you over the course of mm-hmm. your uh, of your life. What helped you develop into the
0: wonderful human you are now? Especially you, Sage, my favorite fan of all time.
2: Yes, tell us your fandoms.
0: Yeah, this video is sponsored by Sage. <laughs> <laughs> Give in Sage advice, and then Lauren does the theme.
2: Uh, for Sage advice? For
0: Sage's letter, that wrote, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh god pen pals wait which which theme am i doing a
0: new theme for, sage. New theme for sage god this really panicked you
2: god it really, it really, you're
3: I so good at this stage. every time
1: every time oh no she's she's time traveled <laughs> <laughs> We oh, lost no, her. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to send in those uh homeworks you can hit us up on twitter at sad boys pod on email at subwayspod at gmail.com and you know go ahead and submit a pen pal if you if you'd like at subwayspod.com yeah
0: can Lauren, let's say theoretically I literally can't imagine this is the case but mm. say somebody heard you on this episode and they're like I want more Lauren Shippen in my life
2: Well, they should talk to their doctor first. First of
0: all, question everything.
2: (laughs) Yeah, question your whole life. Um, You could uh, follow me on the social media at Lauren Chippen on Instagram, Twitter. You can uh, go to thebrightsessions.com if you would like to hear my podcast.
0: You got to go fast. It's going to disappear. It's going to disappear soon. (laughs) And
1: uh, Jordan, if the listeners of the show enjoyed it, but really they enjoyed a very, you know, specific British like the, third of it, the good part. Yeah, <laughs> <All> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, where how might they how might they reach
0: you? Uh, if they want that extra third slice of Britain uh, in their life a little bit more aggressively, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Jordan Adika. One word, A D I K A is the way you spell that word. It's my middle name. It's it's a real word. Stop asking. <laughs> um, also, no, screw Twitter. Good at Instagram, because I decided oh, yeah. today I'm going to get in. good at Instagram. <laughs> okay. I'm not, we, we were talking earlier, I'm not very good at social media, I'm not very consistent, I, I, I struggle to care about it, but I want to be the kind of person that's good at Instagram, that seems like a neat skill. Yeah. So, starting today, head over there, there'll be a new picture that I took today of, I don't know, my cat or something. <laughs> Check it out.
2: And <laughs> Jarvis, where can they find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jarvis, um, Instagram, Magic Jarvis,
0: and YouTube, at YouTube.com/slash Jarvis Johnson, Jarvis. If they go to your YouTube channel right now, what video would you recommend they watch? Say they've never seen a Jarvis video ever. Uh, never ever. Um, Fortunate enough to have escaped the <laughs> black hole. You could watch actually my newest video.
1: I'm bad at math is like a it's it's kind of like a video that is all the types of videos that I've made all put together. Um, so that gives you a good Amazing. idea of like what the the channel is. Um, other than that, recent popular videos, uh, Why I Don't Code Anymore, which is a video where I talk about a recent career transition that I made. Um, we do have fun. We do have fun. We do. We end every episode of Sad Boys with a particular phrase, and Jordan and I have been trying a thing recently where we sing this part, and you can just talk the last bit, you know. Okay. it.
0: But she's so good at making up songs. <laughs> I know. This is, a, this
1: is the irony of uh, this thing. We just... The, the one time we take away the opportunity
0: <laughs> um we love you and we're sorry so 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 sorry <laughs> boom <laughs> that, was, that was fun that was oh, great, we yeah. did have fun
2: we did have fun